This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. Um, so I immediately um, got involved with marching band. And so my freshman year was the Rose Bowl trip. And that was absolutely incredible. Get that free trip. Um, you know, and as someone who loves college sports, it was just like, I'm at the granddaddy of them all. And not only that, I'm participating in it. And the Rose Parade and all these things. Um, I actually ended up on ESPN for a little bit during the national anthem because we were the higher seeds. So we played the national anthem on the field and I was on the 50 and the camera guy just came up to me during the Star Spangled Banner. That is the voice of Tori Cummings, who is currently an academic advisor at TCU's Honors College. We filmed this episode in December and Tori talks about the outlook for TCU classes in the spring, how she's advised students during the pandemic, as well as her side hobby involved in sports. We're very honored today to be joined by Tori Cummings. Tori is an academic advisor here at TCU in the John Roach Honors College, and she also has many other interests as well, which we'll get into in a bit. But thank you so much for joining us today, Tori. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Well, you're all you're here not just because you're an advisor um, for current TCU students, but because you were a TCU student yourself uh, not too long ago. Uh, graduating in 2014, but you also have a passion for sports. And so I know you're originally from Boise. Yes. And you came here in 2010. So (laughs) how do you end up at TCU in the height of the Boise TCU rivalry? (laughs) Well, um, in a a word, football. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you're right. I, I love sports. I grew up playing multiple sports. I ended up in high school playing volleyball, basketball, and I was a high jumper, um, state level for a couple years. So I knew I wanted to do something with sports and that was always just set in my head. And, um, probably when I was a junior or so in high school, it's like, I think like journalism, sports media is what I want to do. And so I kind of followed that rabbit hole when I started applying to schools, um, I looked at University of Oregon, applied to University of Utah and Washington State, because those are all very regional schools for me. And then my, so it would have been Christmas time of my senior year of high school, fall of 2009, TCU and Boise State got paired up in that Fiesta Bowl for 2010. We don't talk about that, but we I understand. <laughs> Um, But because of that, um, my hometown newspaper ran an article about TCU and, you know, just, yeah, they've got football, but what what else are they well known for? And it talked about the Schieffer School of Journalism. And I hadn't really thought about applying anywhere really outside of the Northwest, but I knew I wanted to go out of state. Um, So one morning I was like, and it was like finals week or something like that. My mom was like waving a newspaper article in my face going, wouldn't it be funny if you applied to school in Texas? Wouldn't that be cool? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but let's talk about it. Sure. Um, And so I had to get all my stuff in really quick, but got it in, um, got a scholarship, you know, just kind of everything fell into place, visited, fell in love with it. um, And we just kind of were able to decide that it was um, an option for me. And um, yeah, as they say, the rest is kind of history. It's interesting how the rivalry brings good things. Yeah, well, when I went home for Thanksgiving, my freshman year was the Boise State, Boise State played Nevada. And if Nevada won, TCU was going to the Rose Bowl. And so I was there watching it with a bunch of Boise State fans. I was not real popular. 
The midnight miss is what we called it here in Fort Worth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and then your, would have been your freshman or sophomore year when TC pulled off the upset out there in Boise? Would have been my sophomore year. Okay. And um, I, I wasn't at the game, but my mom actually was at the game and she called me right after she was like, it is dead quiet here. <laughs> the Boise River runs right behind the stadium. She's like, you can actually hear the Boise River. It's kind wow. of weird. <laughs> so they wow. definitely shook Boise State. <laughs> it really seems, and you you've gotten to know this, and our TCU fans that are um, that are listening to this know that when TCU has a rival, we're big into our rival. So if it better be Baylor, SMU, or back ten years ago Boise when it was uh, going for Group of Five supremacy, but so <laughs> so you're in TCU um, as a student. And uh, you got involved, as you, as you said, uh, you came here for journalism. And so talk to us about some of the things you were able to get involved with um, as a student. Yeah, so right away, um, I do have a passion for music as well. And so right away, I was like, I want to keep that going as long as I can. I knew as I got older in college, it'd be a lot harder to do that as things within my major came up. Um, so I immediately um, got involved with marching band. And so my freshman year was the Rose Bowl trip, and that was absolutely incredible get that free trip um you know and as someone who loves college sports it was just like I'm at the granddaddy of them all and not only that I'm participating in it and the rose parade and all these things um so that was just an incredible um just time in the marching band and memories I'm never gonna forget um I actually ended up on ESPN for a little bit during the national anthem because we were the higher seed. So we played the national anthem on the field and I was on the 50 and the camera guy just came up to me during the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> so, you know, we, we were getting texts and emails like, is this, is this touring? Like, are we sure? <laughs> um, so that was awesome. I got to do basketball band for two years when we were in the Mountain West. So a couple trips to Las Vegas, um, just kind of seeing everything down there, getting, again, just to be involved with athletics in a little bit different way. Um, so that was really, really neat and a lot of fun. Um, and then I got really involved with student media as well um, as a journalism major, um, started out as a reporter, um, just kind of, hey, what stories can I do here and there? And then following my junior year, about a month or so into the semester, um, the sports editor position opened up the person who had it got a different opportunity. And so I was offered that position. And for the next year and a half, I was a sports editor and got to go to all these different football games, um, covered basketball. I didn't travel basketball games, but you know, all the games at Daniel Meyer Coliseum went to those. Um, so it's just a really neat experience to be a part of all of that and travel some awesome games. Um, I was in Texas Tech when there was the Fox on the field. <laughs> Um, West Virginia, I'm trying to remember if that was 12 or 13 when Josh Boyce ran back um, that long touchdown to force mm -hmm. overtime. Um, so just some really fun, fun games like that and just um, just getting involved like that. It was so much fun, all those memories and the people I met through my major and through, um, I was active in his, I believe now it's Philam, the Christian sorority. Mm -hmm. um, just the people I met through all these things and through where I was living, um, you know, they, they're definitely lifelong friends. And I would not trade my experiences at TCU for anything just because of what I got to do, who I met, all those things. Um, you know, and there's still people to this day that I 
even if I don't see him every day, I'll call him up and it's like we've we've never lost touch kind of thing. Um, so it's been really neat to see those relationships continue to grow and develop even after graduation. And talk about the work ethic that uh, really gets instilled that people may not understand as a, as a reporter um, from games. They hear, oh, you got to go to these games, but you know, when the game ends and everyone else is celebrating, you know, that's kind of when the reporter's work starts. So yeah. kind of talk about that process and really what you learned through through that. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of tricky. Like you said, it's one of those things everyone's celebrating or leaving or whatever the case may be. They're going off to drink or party or whatever it might be. And you're up there going, okay, I'm, I got to figure out how I want to write this story. What, what moment or moments stood out that I want to ask coach about that I want to ask the players about um, what stats stood out. And so you really, and throughout the game, you're thinking about these things too, but it's hard because that lap play at the last second can change everything you were going to write. Um, so all that thought process you have for the last three, four hours may go completely out the window. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of thinking on your feet. It's a lot of just understanding things are not going to always go as you plan, which can be really hard sometimes if you had a specific way that you're writing something, but um, it is, it's, it's not a game's over, my job is done thing, which in a sense I kind of like, because it really gets me to think more about the game and what happened and why did this happen and, and how do I get some more information on it. And so out of college, you graduate and uh, you become a sports editor for a, for a Graham newspaper, a, a small uh, paper, you're a one, a one woman crew. Um, how is that transition where you go from TCU 360, where you have a lot of people there, to a Graham newspaper department where you're the sole person? Yeah, that was, man, that was an interesting adjustment, especially, you know, I was, I was single, um, you know, and Graham was, is a town of about 9,000, 9 to 10,000 people. And so it's not going to have the best social scene for someone who's, 22 fresh out of college ready to take on the world and so it was it was just a very unique experience that I'm really glad I had um, like you said I I did everything I wrote stories I did some video stuff I was able to do radio work um, I did a lot of I did sideline stuff with football color commentary with other sports and I got a little bit was able to do a little bit of play-by-play -play for women's basketball um, so it was definitely a lot of hours and just a lot of um, being very organized and detailed and meticulous and making sure have I met all my deadlines have I you know reached out to these people for these these stories that I need for the next newspaper because um, it was a twice it's a twice a week newspaper and you know I had to lay out the pages but I had to make sure I had all these certain things in by certain dates and so um, I think it was really good for me just getting kind of into reality of college is great and it's wonderful and it was an experience I loved but the real world it looks completely different mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something for a lot of graduating students I know it was for me is sometimes hard to accept mm -hmm. that what you went through in college is not reality you know you, you want it to be you want to carry as much of that as you can but um, that first job for me, at least, is pretty much kind of like that reality check of, okay, now, now you're responsible for all these things, um, you know, and but at the same time, I wouldn't trade what I went, what I experienced for anything. 
And so you do that for a year, and then you head out to Abilene Christian to be the academic coordinator for the athletics department there. So how did you get into being kind of an academic advisor? Yeah, so when I was in Graham, I, I did really enjoy what I was doing, but I was really starting to wonder if I wanted to be maybe more involved um, with athletics as far as working with student-athletes and having more of a relationship with them as opposed to being that person that they just, just see as someone asking them questions. Um, and part of that is from when I was at TCU, I got the opportunity to be involved with um, some mentored leadership type positions. Um, I was a resident assistant in Shirley Hall. I was a Bible study leader within my um, sorority. So those opportunities kind of helped me see like, I do enjoy working with younger people um, and mentoring them and, and seeing how I can help them grow and what I can learn from them too. And so that kind of sparked my interest in, well, I can still work in athletics. It's a little bit different. I don't have necessarily the degree background, um, but I was, you know, I networked with some people and was able to find an opportunity at ACU um, as an intern to start. And they, at the time, were in year two of a four-year transition from division two to division one. Um, so it was a really unique experience, really getting to see from the ground up what, what does Division I academic support for student-athletes look like? How do you establish that? Um, and for someone who grew up loving college sports and wanting to be around that, it was really eye-opening um, in a lot of different ways. Um, just be like, okay, this is, this is how you know they determine eligibility. This is what student-athletes' day or life looks like. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very interesting transition, um, but I think some of those things that I had experienced in college kind of sparked that just a little bit. And for someone that may not know that all the rigors that goes into a student athlete schedule, what are some of the things that go on behind the scenes that, you know, the regular public doesn't know about how they have to set their schedule and all those things? Yeah, well, at least if you look at it from like the academic side, you know, for, for a student who's not a student athlete, you know, they still have to consider, oh, I'm involved with this, you know, organization or, you know, things like that as far as time constraints on their schedule. But for the most part, there's still a lot of flexibility. Student athletes don't necessarily have that. They usually have either weights or some sort of morning workout. Then they have to fit in their classes before their afternoon practice. And then maybe they've got required study hall hours or meeting with coach or something along those lines. So their ability to take classes, it's, it's a lot more, there's a lot more restrictions on their time availabilities, um, which can, can absolutely be a challenge as you just navigate, how do we balance all these different practices and things? And, you know, you have a whole team that is focused, that, that needs responsibility for this one time where none of them can take class. So, you know, it's, it's tricky because you're trying to navigate so many schedules to fit these blocks at times. Um, so I think that's one thing that I didn't ever think of until I was in that role. And then I really had to look at that and do my best to help the student athletes navigate those things. Um, and also communicate with other departments on campus um, just to understand like, you know, help them understand where the student athletes are coming from, but also understand where um, other departments our university are coming from just so we can 
can work together um, to make things as smooth as possible. And then you go from Abilene to Beaumont, uh, kind of the kind of a, a similar role there. So how was your how was your time in Beaumont? Oh, it started off really rough. I moved there three weeks, four weeks before Hurricane Harvey hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, my mom actually helped me move, and you know she helped me move in. She left, and then she and um, my aunt, her sister, were then driving to South Dakota to go help. Um, their mom with some stuff, um, moving some things out of her house, whatever. And they were driving back to Idaho when Harvey hit. So their cell service was kind of spotty. So I'm trying to tell them I'm okay. But at the same time, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm hoping my car doesn't flood, you know, just <laughs> stuff like that. And I didn't, I hardly knew anybody. I think I knew, I think I knew a coworker too. And that was about it. Um, and so it was just a rough start. Um, just from that standpoint, but it ended up being a really good experience. I met a lot of really great people through my church, um, had some good coworkers, um, and it was a little bit different experience than ACU from the um, working in athletics perspective because Lamar had been has been in Division One institution much longer than ACU, and so being someone where they're already established, they already have some procedures and whatnot that I, that's been there for years to be able to just kind of come in and go, okay, this is how this is working. And this is, you know, something I see as maybe an area in need where I can, you know, work with my sports and my coaches to potentially help um, implement some things for my student athletes. Um, so it was, it was really neat just to be able to use the knowledge I had learned at ACU and apply it to Lamar just in a different way, knowing um, that it was an established um, athletic department coming in. And so then after you're there for a little bit, you uh, get an opportunity to come back to your alma mater. So you're back here at TCU now. Um, how did how did you get to come back here? Not only come back here, but come to the Honors College? Yeah, so probably around Thanksgiving time. So November when, um, when I was um, at Lamar in 2000, I guess I would have been 2018. Around that time, I kind of was wondering like, you know, what is my next step? What do I want to do? And just by happenstance, I was friends on Facebook with someone who was at the time working in the Honors College as an academic advisor. And I saw this person post something on Facebook that was like, oh, I'm so sad to be leaving this role. Great people, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm so excited about my new opportunity. And I was like, huh, I've always wanted to come back to Fort Worth. TCU is an incredible place. I have great memories there. I guess I'll kind of see, you know, you know, bad job opening or see what happens. And um, so I just kind of wait for that job posting and I applied and um, I originally didn't get the job actually. Um, and so that was, that was kind of tough. I was like, okay, you know, I guess Beaumont's are supposed to be for a little bit. And then um, a couple, about a month or so later, um, another position opened up in the honors college. Um, someone else um, left for a different opportunity and um, I was offered that role um, as academic advisor and um, moved back here in April of last year well tail end of April really May of last year and it's been great being back I I didn't realize how much I missed Fort Worth it's and that was one of the things when I was in college that Fort Worth just kind of is one of those places that is big mm -hmm. but it definitely has a bit of a smaller community feel to it for mm -hmm. sure and 
so as the academic advisor in uh, the Honors College, what are kind of your kind of your main roles? So I work with students from all departments and all majors across campus. And my my big role is for them is to help them fit the honors college requirements into their major. And there's the there's lower division, there's upper division honors. You can do both, you can do one part. So just really helping them understand how to navigate those pieces and um, make sure that they're accomplishing what they want to accomplish. Um, and then also connecting them with resources on campus, um, especially you know when they're freshmen and sophomores and even juniors and seniors, um, but especially those first couple of years, they're not familiar with, you know, what is, um, you know, what is the registrar's office? What what do they handle? You know, they maybe need a little direction, um, and so just providing them that sort of um, direction and guidance um, as best I can over the course of their time at TCU, and then we just do some some other things as well, some class enrollment management and things like that um, on the back end to make sure everyone's on track. And how has the, with the pandemic, how has that really changed advising with trying to find in-person classes versus virtual, different kids uh, being comfortable with one scenario or the other? So how much has that, as your role, really changed in the last, you know, nine months? Yeah, when everything initially went online in March, um, after kind of that extended spring break, um, I honestly didn't know what to expect other than a lot of change. And I think, for, you know, talking with, coworkers and just other people. I think that's kind of all of us, which like, we don't know what to expect, but it's going to be different. Um, but we immediately transitioned to using Zoom for student meetings, staff meetings, you know, anything like that. And, you know, students were receptive to being on Zoom and still able to have that one-on-one -on -one interaction, even though it looked a little different. Um, and then, of course, as the summer came and we're just learning more about the virus. We're trying to figure out how we do orientation virtually. Um, that was another big piece for us. That was just, it made us very creative and adaptable. Um, Cause you know, usually orientation is in person, two days each orientation session for, for the new incoming students. And instead we had to move everything online. And so what did that look like? And all the different things we had to create online um, so that was a huge adjustment. And then this semester, yeah, we've been um, doing Zoom appointments with students. Um, and some students have a couple classes in person. Some are all online. It just varies um, from student to student, major to major. Um, and so it's, I think for me, it's just been learning to adjust and being okay with, with where things are each day. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously, I'm, like most other people, I would love for things to go back to the way they were before March 13 or when everything, whenever everything kind of shut down. Um, but I think TCU as a whole has done a really good job of adapting and recognizing different student needs and things like that. Um, just finding ways to, to serve our students as best we can in a situation that none of us Ever would have dreamed of being in and or want to be in. And with the honors college being a little bit different than just a, you know, a, a college advisor, say for science and engineering or communications, do you have to have more of a holistic view in terms of what all the different classes are being offered in terms of, 
you know, what the, how they, how they fit in all the requirements to not only fit in, you know, their major requirements, but fit in, like you said, honors, lower, higher, um, how, how much extra learning are you having to do with all this? Yeah. So whenever a student comes in, I, I mean, you tell them like, I'm not going to tell you what major classes to take or anything, you know, that's, that's not my area of expertise, but like you said, I have to at least be familiar with when they're probably going to have a semester that's very heavy on major classes so that I know, okay, you're going to have a semester where we can easily fit in a few honors requirements. Um, and so it's a lot of looking through the academic catalog and, and seeing, okay, what courses do they need and how's that going to sequence and communicating with advisors from other majors and other departments. And, you know, when there is an issue where I'm like, I think the student could do this here, but you would know better than I would because of your expertise within their major. Do you think that's even a possibility? Um, so just being familiar with things just on a, you know, just a general basis, um, I think really helps. Um, and then I can kind of give the student a general idea of how things would look. And if there's a major specific question, then working with, with their department as well. Um, but yeah, I think it is definitely, like you said, a holistic approach. Um, because it's something that that they use as far as you know the way they fit in honors it's something that's you work into the degree plan as opposed to being its own major or something like that so it's it's very much a holistic approach to it and what has been the feedback that students have given um, your department um, and you specifically about how they're adjusting to these zoom classes as far as you know versus in person and uh, can you give our listeners maybe a little bit of an update as to what the university is uh, at this time planning for? You don't want to say set in stone because it changes all the time. But as of today, as we end the, um, end the fall semester, as of when we're taping this, kind of what does the outlook look like um, for class distribution in the spring in terms of virtual yeah. or in person? Yeah. So, I mean, most of the students I've talked with, it's it's been an adjustment just in the sense of a lot of them do have a lot of online or all online classes. Um, but, you know, if they've decided going to come, you know, I'm going to be an on campus student, um, you know, there's, there's still a bit of find some things to do. They're still able to, you know, interact and to have those different social groups. Um, it's not the same as before the pandemic, but they're still able to find some of those things, which I think a lot of them have um, really found to be helpful. Um, you know, just in the midst of all this different and things that just aren't normal. Um, you know, and as far as the spring goes, um, the schedule as of now is to start classes in mid-January. And um, it's gonna be very similar to this way it is this semester. There'll be some that'll be fully online, some that'll be in person, um, and students are able to make their schedules accordingly based on whether they wanna be a fully online student or they've elected to be um, on campus or live near campus or whatever that looks like. So, um, you know, as far as I know, TCU is planning to be as in-person as they can in the spring, but, you know, we, we just don't know um, how these things are gonna look in a day or a week, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been very interesting just to hear what students have to say and, um, you know, just how it's affected everyone. And if you didn't have enough time trying to, you know, calm 18 to 22 year olds down uh, with the with the pandemic rigor of their academic lives, um, 
you've also uh, tried to maintain your, your sports love of also being a freelance reporter um, during this time. So talk a little bit about that, that freelance work that you've continued to do. Yeah. So when I moved back to Fort Worth, I, there was just a big part of me. that's like, I still want to be involved in sports. Um, this, you know, my full-time job is the first time I'm not directly working in sports and that's just a weird feeling at times. And so I actually texted one of my friends who I worked with in student media and kind of was like, Hey, do you know of anything? And he immediately had two different ideas, um, put me in, helped me get in contact with a couple of people. Um, one of them is with Reddit college football. Um, and the other one was Sirius XM radio. And so last fall was, I was a lot doing a lot more game coverage than I am this fall, um, mainly just due to the pandemic. Um, but last fall, I think almost every weekend or three out of four weekends a month, I'd be going to football games um, and either writing game stories for Reddit College Football or maybe interviewing players after the game for SiriusXM and just staying involved um, with sports media. It's it's been an absolutely incredible experience. I've gotten to, I've gone to a few TCU games. I went to both Baylor OU games last year. So the one where OU came back to beat Baylor after me down, I believe 20 to three. And then the big Twelve championship game, I went to the FCS national title game. Um, so just being back involved with all that has been so much fun. And then just connecting with other people within that field um, reconnecting with some people maybe I knew when I was in college or things like that. It's been just an incredible experience um, being able to kind of just keep all those things up. And I've been still doing it this fall. It's just been a lot harder due to COVID. Um, mm -hmm. There have been some credentials that have been denied solely because there's not space in the press box. Um, so that's been, that's a little bit tough for me this fall just because it it was such a big part of what I was doing last fall and it's just such a big part of who I am being involved in sports but you know I absolutely get it health and safety is priority number one so um just opportunity the fact that I've had the opportunity to go to a couple games this year and and cover them um has definitely been an absolute blessing so when you think back on the uh the games you've covered uh, be it TCU or others, is there a, a favorite game or moment that really comes to mind? Oh boy, that's a really good question. I will say covering the FCS title, national title game this past January was, I was just an incredible experience. It was James Madison and South Dakota State. So literally two best programs at the FCS level for the last 10 years. Um, because I believe South Dakota State has won eight of the last nine national titles, and James Madison has the one where they that they don't have. Um, and so, just being around that level of football, like I, it was just so fun to watch. You could just see the intensity. You could see every second a different play was made that you just wouldn't have expected to be made given the situation. Um, and then just because it's a championship game, you've got way more media there than you might at some other games. And so just being in that, that setting, is just really neat. Um, and, you know, I know it's not FBS national talent. I know it's not the champ, you know, college football playoffs, um, but it's still a championship level at the D1. So just getting to be a part of that um, experience is just absolutely incredible. And then if uh, everyone wants to know that comes into contact with him, 
what's your most memorable maybe press conference moment that you've had with coach Patterson? Oh man, that's that's sticking back to when I was in, oh man. There's not one specific press conference, I guess, that stands out, but just, just his, his voice being shot pretty much the, <laughs> the, the, to the podium, whether it's a win or a loss, um, his voice is shot and, you know, and that's kind of fun because you're like, you know, he's out there, he's passionate about what he's doing. He's, you know, yelling instructions or encouragement or whatever the situation calls for. So just, yeah, he comes up and his voice is already scratchy and you can just tell he's very passionate about what he does. And then we'll, we'll wrap up with this um, to let you get back to your, your daily schedule. Um, what is your favorite TCU memory, either as a student or a staff member? Man, I don't know. There's so many good ones. Like I think immediately comes to mind, the Rose Bowl comes to mind. Um, but then also just you know, being in the student, being in Maddie South in the student media room late at night with some of the other editors working on stories or editing stories. Um, and then just going to dances with friends like formals or things like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I always default to the Rose Bowl because it's just such a unique experience that, I mean, if I hadn't decided like I want to keep playing the trumpet I want to keep doing this I never would have had that experience um and so I guess that's that's the one that I'll pick but there's just so many incredible experiences at TCU and I think the Rose Bowl is one that just about every alum that uh has been an alum that had a chance to go to the Rose Bowl has had that very same uh response including uh, when I was able to talk to the chancellor he said that that was uh that was his most memorable moment as well. So you're definitely in, a, in good company with uh, with that choice. Well, we uh, thank you again for taking the time to talk with us today. And, and thank you for all you're doing for our TCU students. And hopefully our uh, our listeners learn something about how, uh, you know, the pandemic not only impacts um, students, but also the people that work with them on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member would like to get in touch with us to share your story, please contact us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward to sharing our next story of how TCU Alumni are changing the world.